When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Long-time listeners will know for many, 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 many months, Brian has been just picking whatever the fuck comes to the top of his head at the zero hour, and we said, Brian, there's one movie that you have been insistent is good, and you need to prove it to us, and why don't you just fucking pick it? And now we have Pumpkinhead 2, The Blood Wings, (laughs) discuss on Horror Movie Night. So, Brian, let's start with you. Did this live up to childhood memories? Um, no, but I but I enjoyed it nonetheless. The problem growing up. So so I used to think that this movie was really scary. Um, this movie really scared me as a kid, and watching it as an adult, I kind of realized that like um, I was too young to process like genuine pain and grief. So like. <laughs> So, so like, the beginning isn't scary. It's just so fucked up and sad. But as a kid, you're terrified. Because that's what scared the shit out of me. Like, like the, the beginning of this movie, ever since I was a kid, like, fucked me up, kept me up from sleeping. And, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was because these bullies murder some deformed kid. And you're like, I'm a deformed kid. Yeah. <laughs> That could happen to me. I will say, so the big takeaway that I had was I really enjoy watching Pumpkinhead kill people. Yeah. I don't give a shit about any of the town politics that make up for like 70% of this movie. Oh, come on. 
they tell not show, which I love. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as the first death happens, it's just like, you know, most movies, it's like, this has to be a bear or something, you know, but there's just like the off the rip. There's one guy that's like, a, oh, yeah, that's a, a pumpkin head. You know, yeah. pumpkin head. You never heard of him? Yeah. I'm not a hunter anymore, <laughs> Sheriff. I'm the hunt. Hit. Oh, man, that guy. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just the teenagers specifically are just so they're supposed to be 90s teens, but they're like talking like a gang the whole time <laughs> from the 50s. Yeah. Just like, listen here, I'm the boss of you, Tumbleweed. And he's like <laughs> slapping them around. Yeah, good old. Uh, and everyone ties together. Like, it's not a good movie. No. But, like, it, it's fun. Like, it weird. Like, there's weird things that, like, I love in good movies that are in this movie. Yeah. Um, like, you know me. Any song when death or, like, when something serious has happened and the song doesn't fit, I love it. So when Pumpkinhead is killing a guy to, like, an upbeat country song, um, I have a thing. That's why I love Quentin Tarantino movies. You know what that's I mean? Fair. Well, Scott, how were you feeling when this movie kicked off in the 50s? Because I know that that's like one of your fetishes. I had a boner, yeah. Um, yeah of, course, of course, you can tell it's 1958 because it's in black and white. You know, they didn't invent yeah. the color in the world until, you know, 1962. So, obviously, this is a 50s uh, scene. Um, it's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, well, and then, like, the gang in that, they're just kind of like, when you're a jet, you're a jet. Like, <laughs> pumpkin head. So, like, here's the it, thing. <laughs> not to cut you 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 stay you say your part <laughs> no i had nothing else i was i was reaching <laughs> okay. at that point because like i get in horror movies you know like it makes sense where it's like we were in high school and we bullied someone or you know we were we were drunk driving we accidentally killed someone whatever the case may be like they accidentally hurt someone but they grew up and moved past into their normal lives like if you're in high school and you're okay with taking someone's life in such a vicious way, I find it hard to believe that you're going to grow up to be a judge. Like, like you're you're only a serial killer at that point. No, it, you're missing the point. The point is that they got to uh, all these positions of power because they're ruthless. And the joke was like, oh, I'm a judge because I'm crooked. And yeah, like, it's, oh, it's a thing. Yeah, I, Went right over old Brian's head. That's <laughs> and you can't get most things past Brian. So we'll talk about next week. Who said that? <laughs> I will say that most, one of the things that I picked up on this time around is that Pumpkinhead movies in general, just the first half is always just so depressing. Like, even if it's not well made, it's still really upsetting. Like, Watching the old witch just burning in the house, screaming for help, I was just like, God, can we just get to the giant pumpkin head killing people, please? Yeah, yeah, no, it's four of them. There are four pumpkin head movies? Yeah, I saw it on uh, a thing people also watched. <laughs> well, you know, you, I think you guys are being a little, even Brian is being a little harder on this than I was expecting because, like, it has two things going for it an incredibly stacked cast. And let me mm-hmm. read it off for you. Well, not for you, but for the listeners. The dad from Hellraiser, Linnea Quigley, Punky Brewster, Kane Hodder, R.A. Um, Milhailoff, and Joe Unger, both are from uh, Leatherface. And Joe Unger was in Nightmare on Elm Street. And 
the main asshole teenager is the main character in Return of the Living Dead 3. If the first Pumpkinhead didn't exist, this is such a better movie. Well, I think but this did what... Because the first well, Puppet no. Puppet, uh, Pumpkinhead exists, it's like, man, this is good. But like, even the Puppethead monster looks a little bit cheaper than it did in the first no, movie. No, no. I, I do not agree with you on that. So first things first. This movie... As far as what we do on this show, I think that this is exactly what we expect from a uh, sequel to a beloved original. Like, Pumpkinhead is is great. And then Pumpkinhead Mm -hmm. 2 is like, how can we make the story worse but show the monster more? Yeah, and and maybe that's where I think the problem is. Is like, the first Pumpkinhead does such a good job of, like, really choosing... When it shows Pumpkinhead. Yeah, but that's the whole point of Pumpkinhead, too, is that you see it all the time. It's all the time, but yeah. it's like, but he's just like, ah! <laughs> like his hands are flailing. Like, I loved it. I mean, I, I I didn't love the movie, but I loved the scene. Every, here's what I think we should all agree on, and this should be our endorsement stamp for this, uh, this film. Every scene where Pumpkinhead is in, in which Pumpkinhead is on screen is a good time like that's all that's all that matters you have to deal with about 80 minutes of non-pumpkinhead bullshit but like that's true i i wasn't i I don't know it wasn't a tough watch for me i was not in pain during either film that we're recording an episode of today yeah it was it was a it was a fun time you know i would have liked to see a little bit more of pumpkinhead um Because people don't understand when you're, regardless if it's revenge or not, when you're killing people, it, it takes a toll on you. And I just would like to see Pumpkinhead at night when he just goes home to, to Miss Pumpkinhead, you know, and just kind of sits on his recliner and she's like. Rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of my favorite lines, and there's a scene where she's rubbing just the hairiest beer belly. Oh, poor Linnea. Oh, goes, God. And goes. Some things get better with age. <laughs> There's hope for you yet, Matt. <laughs> really? There's, I, I can keep on. Why am I going to the gym? I'm reversing what gets better with age. I mean, you, I, it, you have to ask yourself, are you looking for the hottest piece of trailer trash ass in town? Or, or not? <laughs> uh, when Lene is the one who... Doesn't get scared to death, but she gets scared to mind shutting down, <laughs> yes. correct? The closest you can get to scared to death. You know, and I, I love Linnea. I, I do, but everybody is head scratch. Everybody's scenes that are not the dad from Hellraiser just are head scratchingly stupid. Like, why did they, in 19, was this 93 when this movie? Yeah. Why in 93 were they like, we got to get Linnea in there? And I, I feel like that scene was her toughest scene. And I just keep picturing the director giving her directions on her being scared to death, being exactly like Paul Rudd teaching Jason Siegel how to surf in uh, a <laughs> Marshall. Do nothing. Nothing. Okay, well, you have to do more than that. <laughs> no one has ever said Do that. something. But Linnea is not a... I'm sorry, Linnea. You're not a serious actress. Like, it's just... It's so, like, if she's not playing trash or a ditzy horny girl you're gonna have problems well i love i love the scenario where they're like guys good news we can't
cast it Linnea Quigley. And they're like, yay! And they're like, this is how much she wants per day. And they're like, then film one nude scene and have her scared beyond the ability to act in the rest of the movie. They just replaced her with a cucumber midway through the movie. <laughs> but then the other line that I love in this movie is at the doctor's office, you know, all the thugs for the mayor come walking in or whatever. And they're basically saying like, hey, we live in a nowhere town. But all these tourists are talking about how there's a pumpkin head running around and we need to like really make this work for our town. Like a reverse Jaws type situation where the one guy just goes, I got the people from the National Enquirer blowing up my phone. And I'm like, man, I would love for the people at the National Enquirer to be calling my phone for anything because I could maybe talk to them about where Bat Boy's been all this time. <laughs> Matt wrote that joke and was so happy. He was... <laughs> Yeah, but Bat Boy is Weekly World News. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You're right. God damn it, You're man. right. Uh, poke holes in my only joke. So I'm just going to sit here quietly until we're done. That's why I didn't get it. Well, the good thing is that Matt's the editor, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. I don't remember anything about this, but I have the words, love that decapitation written down. Oh, it, I, it, yeah. Note I, I was waiting for a... Uh, what it, who gets that? Their head ripped off. Is that the douchey boyfriend? That's the yeah. That's the that's the boyfriend who's just a not even a douche. He's just a bad human being. Yeah, I don't understand a lot of the things that the people do in this film, but also the I have some serious misgivings with the writer of this thinking that like a a teenage girl would can like yeah oh I like the bad boy but he's like really shitty. They're skipping school to to drink beer brand beer uh, at the <laughs> at the uh, the mine or whatever. Also, I was when I read. So I, this was my first watch of of Pumpkinhead Two Bloodwings. I read this synopsis years ago, and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be by a mine, like a mine shaft." No, it's literally like a a big metal drum that they're standing yeah. over. This is the cheapest fucking mine, quote unquote, that they could have ever built. Which, like, side note. If you're worried about your son falling through it, I don't know, maybe put more than one piece of wood across this giant drum. Yeah. And seal it up. <laughs> like, problem solved. Don't don't come to us with your shitty solutions. I will say this the flashback with the fire truck was Oh my god. Unexpectedly heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know, it, we can talk about it again at episode 250 <laughs> because I that's what that's that's gonna probably this is probably gonna be my double feature for episode two fifty. <laughs> Punky Brewster, uh, Soleil Moon Fry is a bad girl in this, and she has some sort of like witch knowledge because in nineteen ninety three every wannabe goth girl knew about Wicca. I guess looking at her, I do not see Punky Brewster or adult Soleil Moon Fry. Um, I just she's just like random hot girl number two. It's very odd because, like, she doesn't look like herself in this movie. But she actually is arguably the only person that can act outside of the dad from Hellraiser in this. The girls in this, every girl on Instagram is just wearing these clothes, like, in 2020. But, like, you know, but we need to talk about the mayor, though. Yeah. about him? Seems like an all right guy. What is that character? He seems... He's so out of place. Like, you... I don't even know. I was waiting Gutty. for huh? 
<laughs> he's like, I got, I got to get to my music gig. Like he's a, he's a singing mayor or some shit. I don't listen, man. This is, here's my thought on that. Actually, I was about to make a joke, but now I think it might be the honest truth. This is a movie that was made at the time when our president was playing the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. So maybe it was just like, you know what? People love politicians. They got a little bit of rock and roll inside of them. So like, so they're like, give the mayor okay. like a weird music backstory. And they're like, all right, sure. Why not? That's an easy line of dialogue. But he's only in two scenes. Yeah. That guy, that guy was on set for less time than Anaya and her boobs. Like he was just. It, it, it's it's a mind-boggling character for me because it, one, doesn't serve a purpose. Two, does not move the story along. Three, there's no joke. It's just odd. Let's look him up on Google. In 20% of his pictures, he's not wearing a cowboy hat. I, I have a, a joke that if I could remember the context of it, I know what happened and why I wrote it. But there's a part where I think um, Danny, the bad boy, smacks his girlfriend, Jenny. That's the the sheriff's daughter. And I, somebody's like, why did you hit her? Somebody's like, I didn't hit her. And I just wrote down, I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Punky Brewster's boyfriend is getting chased through the fucking woods. And he's wearing these untied Doc Martens. Mm. And they're flopping around. Dumbest fashion idea ever. There's there's a 0% chance that those fuckers are staying on as you're getting chased by an 8-foot-tall demon. I used to wear really loose shoes growing up. I never tied my shoes. Yeah. Because it's unsafe. How are you going to run away from a serial killer? You can't. Or Pumpkinhead. You can't. You're fucked. Yeah. Oh, no. Fair, it's, uh, to be fair, I'll, I'll use the reverse of that. I think that it's a great plan because you can quickly kick off that shoe and use it as a weapon while you're running. Boom. Matt is the softest bro ever, right? Like, everything about Matt, inside and out, is just soft. Have you ever tried running with no fucking shoes? Oh, dude, Brian can attest to this. There are summers where I walk around barefoot for, like, 90% of that yeah, summer. Yeah, walk. Yeah. Have you ever tried to run anywhere with no feet, with no shoes With on? no feet, it, it would be impossible. But if you had socks on, that's a protective shield. It's not a protective shield. And Matt, yeah. pumpkin head would be ten feet away from you. You pop that shoe off and throw it a foot, and every, <laughs> and it would just kind of flop on the ground haphazardly, and then, <laughs> and then you and pumpkin head would have an awkward standoff. <laughs> Can you imagine Matt being throwing his fucking like a boot at pumpkin head, smacks pumpkin head on the forehead like a a, a legit like joke sound, yeah. like a funk, a ping. And then just Pumpkinhead looks at him incredulously, like, are you fucking serious, bro? Who throws a shoe? Come on! <laughs> exactly. You're thinking yeah. of that scenario. My scenario is I clock him in the head, and he just falls down, and problem solved, I save the day. Me and my magical shoe. <laughs> Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. 
as we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hey guys, we'll be back to talking about our double features for Pumpkinhead 2 Blood Wings in just a second. But first, I want to talk about this week's sponsor, Best Fiends. Now, last time that I talked about Best Fiends, I described it as a zen-like experience. But at that time, I was about 60 levels in. Now, let me pull this open. Let me tell you how far I've gotten in this game now. At level... 173. So in two weeks, I have played a lot of Best Fiends, and that Zen-like state that I spoke of has now turned into a competitive rage. I am focusing all of my energy on beating these slugs that are constantly getting in the way of all of my cute little insect friends. I need to take these slugs down a notch you should help take these slugs down a notch because I think we can all agree that slugs have had their time to shine and now it's time for all these other insects to be top dog, all right? So what I'm saying, guys, is you are going to want to engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile app game is a must-play. So download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Do it. You will not regret it. And now, back to the show. We want to talk double features? Hell yeah. All right, Brian, you pick this. What's your double feature? This Kill the Joy 3. <laughs> I hate you. So Killjoy 3 is uh, uh-huh. they try to resurrect their dead friends and then gotcha. Killjoy comes and kills all of them. A, right. a whole uh, whoopsie-daisy. And this movie is also <laughs> a big old whoopsie-daisy. I have so many ideas. I guess that I need to have like a moment of, of uh, in external monologue with you guys. So a lot of the time lately I've been like, oh, how okay, if this movie's bad, how do I save the night and if the movie is good i'm like okay what's something that reminds me of what we're watching this movie is so middle of the road that it's like i could either do a joke pick as like a haha this is a, a, a movie that reminds me of a scene in the movie or i could be like here's a movie that i really liked so that i could have a, a movie that i don't know how i feel about Pumpkinhead 2 and a movie that i know what i feel like i always uh, follow my about. heart with the the movie that Matt, you follow your heart for everything. I know. And it's never guided me in the wrong direction. <laughs> I uh, Mine is always just like, I'll be watching, because I know that when I've had people over watching movies so frequently, the next movie we mo- watch is based on like a random scene in the movie that goes, huh, that makes me think of this. We should watch that next. So like, that's been my logic for almost every double feature. Well, then I'm going to go with Powder. Okay. Oh, Powder, <laughs> dude. What a movie. It's not good. Powder is not no, a good movie. Made by an infamous pedophile. Yeah. Is it? So I just <laughs> watched I watched it's the it Jeepers on, Creepers guy made that. Fox. First movie after being arrested. Gotcha. Yeah, I watched that on Fox with mom. Still afraid of lightning. Yeah. <laughs> what aren't you afraid of? This Thunder. Kiki and Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> not Jade. Just Kiki and Buddy. <laughs> uh I wouldn't He's... I wouldn't go so far. You know what I mean? I don't I don't trust those two. <laughs> <laughs> 
I put my life on the line and it's worth it, but it doesn't mean I'm comfortable around them. <laughs> I will do my double feature with I Know What You Did Last Summer because it has a similar setup to Pumpkinhead too. Driving yeah. around, hit somebody, try to like cover their tracks that they hit somebody, and then bad things happen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, basically it's the exact same movie. Yeah, yeah, I could see it being the exact same movie as Pumpkinhead too. <laughs> I'm going to say I would probably I, I, I'm really torn on which one I would pick if I if if I was on an, uh, a deserted island with a <laughs> with a, a computer and only one movie on it. Um, I don't know if I'd go with I Know What You Did Last Summer or Pumpkinhead 2 because they're both so mediocre. Yeah. But like Pumpkinhead 2 has a monster. But Pumpkinhead I, 2 has a monster, but I Know What You Did Last Summer has a better soundtrack. That's exactly what I was going to fucking say. All right. So. What is something that you want to promote that you watched or read or whatever? We got to talk about Sabrina because I said that we would put it off until this week. All right. Well, you guys have fun with that real quick. I'll just say that I saw Ford versus Ferrari and it was shockingly compelling for a movie about a topic that I couldn't give less of a shit about. (laughs) Um, Well, just so you know, I'm happy Scott picked Sabrina because I have something else to bring up. But I do want to dive in. You and I need to talk about Sabrina. Yeah. yeah, Brian, talk about your thing first, and then you guys just go off on Sabrina. Okay, real quick. Um, in 2020, everyone is doing a major disservice to themselves to not watch the show that's on Netflix. And it is called Night on Earth. Technology has come so far, and it is just insanely high-tech cameras that are able to film at night that are showing jungles in Africa and, like, animals and how they survive and what they do and it's just it's fascinating it's it's fascinating it's every animal is adorable every single (laughs) animal is adorable Um, sold me yeah it's it's tough you don't know who to root for all the time i don't want this leopard to starve to death but i also don't want this guy to get eaten get killed yeah (laughs) but it's a really fascinating show that's my two cents now let's talk sabrina i didn't like it you didn't nope it wasn't fun funny or cool so i enjoyed it i told my brother there was one thing and i don't know why it bothered me so much this is uh, if, if you haven't watched sabrina by this point uh yeah turn off the episode we'll see you next week but we're gonna spoil this season if you haven't if so if you've watched it now we'll talk about it so they've been doing a lot of things where it's like you know they, they, they do a lot for like the trans community and they're doing a lot to show like, you know, progressiveness. And, and I, and I respect that, but I feel, I don't know why it bothered me so much, but like they, they're in a band together and they are covering Weedis teenage dirt. That was a pretty fun thing though. I was glad that Weedis is getting that, that uh, Netflix money. Me too. Me too. But they, they, they cut out the line. He brings a gun to school, which would make sense if they covered the whole song. But like it, it just like felt like it was forced. It's like so you picked that one line. It felt like it was like, you know, it just threw me off. It's like you picked that one line to sing to show that you're gonna take it out when you could have sang any other line in the song. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that is. Well, it's funny because we we're watching it, and that part Theo uh, is on drums, and they get to uh, they get to um, sing, and and they mm-hmm. they change a bunch of the lyrics. Like it, yeah. it's a total goblety gook mess, and. Uh, Megan turns to me and she's like, did Theo fuck up the lyrics? I said, no, I'm sure that was on purpose. And it's just very odd. I don't know why yeah. they did that. Yeah, it just felt forced. But I, I actually read up on the actor 
act well actor is a a, a a sexless term so the actor who plays theo and they i'm using their correct pronoun um they are actually uh uh genderqueer so they are were born biologically female and then they got top surgery and um i don't know if they're on hrt or whatever but um they are one of the only uh genderqueer and trans actors out there apparently right now which is crazy to me that there aren't more uh openly trans people that are getting work i, I don't know it just seems like i i, I guess it's it's like a catch-22 because in season two, I was a little uncomfortable with the concept of a character coming out. I thought it was cool and I loved it, but I just don't want it to be too much of like a virtue signaling thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that since they found someone who actually is trans in real life to play the character, that actor was trans when they, uh, I mean, they had, they had already transitioned by the time they got on Sabrina. It's not like they kind of like shoehorn that into the character. They knew that when Theo, uh, when Susie was first um, added to the show, that they knew that that was going to be a plot point. I think that's pretty cool. Um, But I do feel like maybe it would be virtue signaling if just every show had like a, a, a trans person playing a trans person, maybe just, maybe there are trans people on TV and in movies that we don't, that it's not part of their identity. And we don't know. And so that's our our closed world view that we, you know, maybe it's not our, our business, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But back to, um, the, back to the actual season, it felt like Riverdale to me. And I, I just, I, I was so, <clears throat> I was not in, in entertained. I, I think that we were at a point, I think that the show was getting dark enough um, that I, I genuinely feel as sad as it would have been I think that when everything was fixed, there should have been there, there there should have been some consequence, and someone really probably one of the ants shouldn't have made it out. Like to have almost everyone die, um, and then a little like time travel thing, and then it's just like, oh, everyone's okay. I just felt like it, it was a, it was a bad dream season, pretty much. You know what I mean? And like if, it was- you know, if it was a bad dream season, I would give it more credit for being so boring. But, you know, it's just, it, I, ugh. and it just, mm-hmm. it was insufferable. It wasn't as bad as Riverdale, but I probably won't watch season four. Maybe I'll give the yeah. first episode of season four a go, but the tone of this season, of the entire season was wrong and the pacing was wrong. Like it was just not, season two was so dark and sarcastic and fun. Maybe not sarcastic, mm-hmm. but it was just like really tongue-in-cheek there's so much like the writing was great and i laughed my balls off every single episode i maybe got one chuckle this entire season yeah there was there wasn't a lot of comedy i didn't like the ending you know hopefully that it there is consequences and that's the whole premise for season four Mm -hmm. but it's like that was the whole basis of the show and i think it would have been it could have kept its comedy um if she was both you know, like she was a she was like a normal high schooler that like every time someone went to hell or every time something went to hell, she was like forced to to go deal with it almost like a judge, you know, like. Yeah. And that episode with the uh, ice cream man, I think that that was the only entertaining episode. 
you know yeah. like i mean the <clears throat> the little girl was super fucking annoying but that guy that played the killer ice cream man i think that uh, of the vast majority of people on the show or i, I would say of every single guest star of the, this season mm-hmm. only one that could act cuz that guy was great yeah and i didn't hate like i didn't strongly dislike the season and i actually really liked the first few episodes in hindsight like man the last three episodes were finishing just to finish oh exactly. like it was yeah. like we would put it on and it was like neither of us were happy about it um we weren't excited like oh three episodes left it's like all right let's just how much more we have left yeah okay yeah. well i also feel like after watching the witcher and how fucking entertaining that show was is the next netflix show that i watched with supernatural elements is sabrina and I mean, I guess my hype was like medium low. You know, it wasn't like I'm like, I just expected it to be fun. I don't think that it's going yeah. to be like, you know, the cure for cancer or something like that. But it's, <laughs> it, you know, I was expecting <clears throat> more entertainment value than I got. But man, that last episode of The Witcher, I I steamrolled my way to it. I I <clears throat> sprinted to the finish line for Sabrina. I was like, well. There's a beer at the end of this this walk. <clears throat> Let me yeah. just get there. I think that the number one thing that made season two so fun and what they lost in season three was Blackwood. Because Blackwood is the best character. He and Ambrose yeah. are... Which is so funny because like, it's supposed to be a, a, a female-centered show. You know, like Zelda, yeah. Hilda... Sabrina, Prudence, and and you know Lilith are supposed to be the showrunners, and they do nothing this season. Now, I just want to let everyone know, listening, like if you if you watch Sabrina casually and you felt like the first two seasons were okay, you might like like I think the biggest quarrel that me that me and you have, and I don't want to speak for you, is like we adored season one. And yeah, two. like like it was like just perfect TV for us. So our expectations might be much higher than other people. I guess it's not my expectation because like I wasn't super, I was excited for season three, but I wasn't like hyped because I was kind of just waiting for the show to start sucking. Cause what was that last week, two weeks ago, something like that. You were like, give it time. Netflix, Netflix, won't. Yeah, they kill yeah. every good show. Um, they'll, and it's true. And I think that season three just kind of was that season, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, that was Pumpkinhead <laughs> 2. Well, Scott, didn't say, Scott didn't say that's all he had for it. I'm not the voice of the show. Well, no, I, I, what, I, there's nothing else to say. I, I, I said my piece. That, that was, was Pumpkinhead <laughs> Bloodwings 2. <laughs> that was Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodwings from 1993 or 92, sometime in the early 90s, as picked by Brian. Uh, as you heard us hyping it up, next week is like, the best fucking movie we'll ever discuss this year. I'm saying it. Uh, we've been talking about it for months leading up to it, so most of you probably already know what it is, so I'm not even giving you a hint, because if you've been paying attention, you know what the fuck we're talking about. Also, all of our social media and our Patreon links and everything are in the details page of the episode, so go donate, get some bonus materials. You'll love it. You'll love it. All right, <laughs> thanks, guys. We'll be back next week.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 